Well, one of the things that that UN report we've been talking about highlighted was the increasing strain that climate change puts on our farming, be that through droughts, floods or even fires. So we wanted to speak to farmers in different parts of the world to find out how they have been impacted by climate change. I'm delighted to say we have on the line two farmers. We've got Thomas in eastern Germany. Hi, Thomas. Hello. And we've also got Patrick from northern Malawi. Hi, Patrick. Yes, hi. It's great to have you both on the line. I'd just like to get an overview of your farms before we talk about climate change. So, Patrick, can you tell us what do you farm, please? So, uh, in my farm in the northern part of Malawi, I have maize, I have beans, groundnuts, and then I have some livestock, uh, goats, cattle, and some chickens as well, What about which is like uh, the basic uh, farm. Of course. Thank you so in... much, Patrick. And, and Thomas, yeah. what about you? Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, we are working on a farm with about 4,000 hectares, in, uh, as you said, in the east of Germany, and we have to feed about uh, 1,700 kettles. And um, yeah, we have to reproduce. Uh, beside that, uh, feed, uh, we produce a lot of uh, cash crops, um, for example, wheat, uh, barley, rye, um, and several others, uh, but that are not on a big scale. Right. So you've each now heard what the other one does. Let's look at this subject of climate change. Patrick, how does it affect you and your farm? Uh, climate change has really impacted me and my farm because uh, our agricultural system is dependent on the rains. It's a rain-fed type of agriculture. So we mostly depend on rainfall for water at the farm, and then even for growing of the crops. So with the climate variability that is happening right now, there have been a couple of dry spells where crops that are usually grown for for months end up being grown for uh, for a period that is longer, and then the lanes are scanty in that sense, and we end up not producing as much as we ought to produce because uh, we do not have enough rains. So basically, uh, it's not only the rains, but there have been cases of uh, floods where uh, some of the crops have been swept off. So if you have, let's say, 10 hectares of land where you're doing your uh, production, part of the land will be swept off by the floods and you not produce as much as you want to. Thomas, in eastern Germany, you just heard Patrick explaining the climate variability he faces, the dry periods, the floods. How does that compare to what you have to go through? Especially in the eastern parts of Germany and here on my farm, we have very sandy soils with a low water storage capacity. So it's the same thing uh, like in Malawi. We are heavily depend on the precipitation and on, and especially on an evenly distribution of the precipitation. And this is the biggest problem uh, in the last years. We had nearly, this is the fourth year of drought and um, a lot of heat periods. And this is the thing we have uh, major problems with because our our um, our crops, our winter cereals are not used to temperatures uh, above 35 degrees, and this is what um, we are at the moment. We are harvesting cereals, and the yields and the qualities are are horrible. 
um, due to the extreme high temperatures in May and June. And it's not just the, the, the drought, but also these high temperatures that making it more, more and more problematic here in, in our place because we are uh, yeah, not very maritime influenced, but more continental. So we have um, a, a large difference between winter and summer temperatures. And um, the winter, as we hear it in the program, is uh, the winters are getting warmer on the one hand, and uh, on the other hand, the, the summers are getting hotter. Um, but uh, it's not uh, it's not possible for us to just to to switch to some Mediterranean uh, culture cultivars or, or um, species or something like this. So we have to do much more. Of course, and you've both given a very vivid description of how you farm and and, and the problems facing you both. I wonder if you have any advice suggestions or questions for each other patrick yeah um, i would like to really understand uh the case of east germany because uh he shared that uh the soils are really sandy and that means their water holding capacity is low so uh with the drought period how are they actually coping up um, yeah, the, the good thing is that we have uh, so large, uh, we are on a farm with 4,000 hectares and um, the, the animals uh, with 1,700 cattle is um, relatively less compared to that area. So even um, if we are not harvesting that much feed per hectare, um, multiplied with, for example, 1,000 hectares of maize, we can, um, we can overcome the shortage from every uh, single hectare because just we have the um, um, those these white uh, area, um, but nevertheless, it's not that what we want to. We want an efficient um, plant production and not just um, compensating it with a large area. Thomas, do you have mm-hmm. any questions or thoughts for Patrick? Uh, yeah, it's it's very interesting to hear always that um, I, I think um, the the livestock is. Um, as much as you can um, go on your on your uh, hectares, and I think um, it's for you. It's not that easily um, to go to your neighbor uh, that have no cattle and he's just producing food and feed, and you can buy uh, some extra food if you are running uh, out of food, so uh, out of feed. So um, I think this is the biggest challenge: how you are uh, coping with that. Um, most farmers here are smallholder farmers. It's yes. different to uh, the case of Germany, where one farmer has a number of hectares. Here, mostly, most farmers have about uh, a maximum of five hectares. So it's a small space where you can do your production in. And that means if there is uh, a dry spell, that household is affected. And in terms of just sharing, in terms of pasture, what is happening now is that uh, there isn't enough feed for livestock. Yeah. So there is a period where, specifically when we go into summer here, uh, there, there is a period where most farmers cannot access feed for their livestock. So they will just let their livestock starve for a couple of days and then mm-hmm. maybe lose some, some will actually kill some of the livestock and then just sell. But uh, it's a problem where they can't actually borrow from the other farmers or use the other farmers' piece yes. of land because that are all affected in that sense. So yes. it's kind of a critical situation where uh, all of us are struggling in that sense. Patrick in North Malawi. 
and Thomas in Eastern Germany. It was absolutely fascinating to hear you both sharing those thoughts. Thank you to you both so much for joining us. And just a reminder of our main story, the Code Red declared by the UN, having read that climate change report on our website. There's a quote from the former Maldives president and ambassador for the Climate Vulnerable Forum of 48 countries. We are paying with our lives for the carbon someone else emitted. We'll take measures soon to begin to address this injustice, which we cannot merely accept. Our WhatsApp, plus 44-7730-751-925. I'm James Reynolds. You've been listening to OS from the BBC World Service.